everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. I have been looking forward to today's episode for some time. My special guest today is Beth Murphy. She co-founded Rock House Center with her husband, John, to bring biblical counseling programs to individuals and leaders seeking greater well-being and life purpose through their faith. Her varied life experiences professionally and personally are valuable to the development of programs for clients continuing their transformation journey. Since 2006, Rock House Center has provided biblical counseling to promote spiritual health and healing to those suffering from troubled relationships, emotional emotional distress, and self-destructive behavior. Their proprietary motive transition therapy is the key to the superior and consistent results clients experience. This uncovers the root cause of negative emotions and unwanted behaviors and is based on the premise that spiritual well-being is the foundation of mental health and that every life issue can be improved by relying on biblical principles. The therapy is founded on the principles in Murphy's book, Be Transformed, New Life Awaits. For more information, visit www.rockhousecenter.com. Beth, welcome to the podcast. I am so honored to have you today. Well, I'm delighted to be here. I enjoy your podcast and your perspective and am blessed by all the ministry you're doing in various places around the world. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And we've been chatting kind of in our pre-show conversation, and I already wished I was hitting record and and going because I can already tell you're just such a wealth of resource that's going to be so needed Right now in our moment, we were discussing a number of things, Beth, that were coming out. We, we pray we're coming out of this very long, dark night that we're experiencing, not just across the United States, but globally with the pandemic, with the lockdown, with loss, which has um, caused pressures on relationships, emotions, uh, mental strain. And I even shared with you, uh, for my husband and I as pastors out here in the D.C., outside of D.C., you know, we've experienced, sadly, uh, some families with extended family members who even took their own life in the last couple of months because they just they just didn't see the hope and the peace that were promised. So I, I want to talk about so many things today, and we're just going to see where the Lord leads. But as we were discussing, you, you mentioned that you really have a significantly different grace-filled perspective on relational and emotional struggles, the kind of why and the way out. So I'd love for you to just share a little bit of how kind of God has 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 birthed this in you. And let's just kind of dive in to where we are as a culture and what we can do to remove the stigma off of mental and emotional health. That's tremendous. I would love to do that because what we most of all want is to communicate the message to the body of Christ that God understands are suffering and what got revealed essentially by the pressures of COVID, all the things you mentioned, the lockdowns and the countless other things we're all aware of that what it's done is it's revealed dependencies in our hearts that were there long before COVID came along, 
but we were able to count on the things we were able to count on to kind of go to our methodologies to make life work. And the rug got pulled out from under us in a lot of ways. And as you said, a tremendous amount of loss. And what it's revealed is the areas in our hearts where we struggle to trust God with the unknowns and struggle to trust God with the, the hard, difficult things in life and the fears about what's around the corner. And so God understands all of that. He understands that this has been revealed, what's all been under the surface in all of us that, you know, the seeds of anxiety, depression, relational challenges that got, you know, stressed more as people were all together in their homes tightly all day long, or the things that they've enjoyed or depended on are removed. And so in doing that, the opportunity here is to connect with God and recognize that he has compassion and grace and mercy for the why that as we understand at Rock House Center, all of us get to the places that we're struggling in for very legitimate reasons that were set up in our early story long, long before the particular marriage we may be in or the circumstances at the job that we're in. Those things were set up early on and they, they come forth now as the pressures of life push those buttons. And so what we're doing is looking at helping clients understand the why, why are they struggling as they are? And what is the how? What's God's pathway out of how they're feeling and experiencing life to access the promise for his peace that passes understanding? That's a very real promise. In fact, the, the podcast that we just published today, uh, and you just you go search on any podcast app for Rock House Center podcast, it's entitled Saved and Suffering. And it's right along these lines with where the body of Christ feels this, like you said, stigma. It's this feeling that I'm saved and I should be accessing these promises of scripture and living in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that's not happening in my life. And so Christians then tend to have the added thing of guilt, like I'm so bad, I'm, I'm a bad person, I'm a bad Christian, what's wrong with me, why can't my faith resolve this? And sometimes people come to Rock House where they've been looking for 10, 20, 30 years for the answer for how their faith is supposed to resolve how they're feeling in life. All that's just gotten intensified by the year 2020 and what we're still experiencing. And so that opportunity is really the opportunity for what we think of as the redemption of COVID. If we take that pain to the Lord and allow God to resolve that, okay, now we got something. Now we've got breakthroughs that really weren't available to us until we kind of hit the end of ourselves that was precipitated by the events of COVID. Mm, That's so good. There's so much in that. And there's a number of things I believe we should unmute in our life. Like you said, to resolve this pain, to, to where does our faith fit? Why aren't we experiencing the rich and full life and the promises of God? What's in the way of that? What's wrong with me? Why can't I be stronger? Why don't I have more of a handle on what I'm feeling emotionally? We haven't walked this way before. And so it's new for so many of us. And And as you said earlier, I don't believe a crisis so much reveals what's there as it does expose. I mean, it doesn't cause it as much as it does reveal and expose what's already there. So it's it was underneath. We were just masking it by work or like you said, all of our our places we go, all of our crutches, all of the things. And so now the need is even greater to unmute the areas of our life that we are in need that we are in pain, that we are suffering, 
and to, to remove the stigma of mental illness. I've been pastoring, we've been pastoring out here for almost three decades, and I can't believe we're still talking about the stigma associated with biblical counseling. So that's a lot that I've kind of just shared there, but what is your thought about some of those things? How do we unmute this area of shame and stigma attached to us and, and articulate and know what to do with the pain that we're feeling? No, God has no stigma. He wants us coming to him. He's a loving heavenly father who wants his children to come to him and lay it all out on him so he can take the burdens off our shoulders and roll them onto his. Mm -hmm. And it starts with unmuting it with him and talking with him. And, and just back to the truth that uh, the, the whole concept that there's something wrong with me if I need help defies scripture. When you think about the James scripture and just confessing one to another and the power that's in that, the enormous power in just deciding, just making the decision. I'm not okay with my life in this current condition. I'm ready to be done with this. You know, one of the, I guess you could say, good things that has come out of COVID is the, the tendency for people to wait five, seven, 10 years after the point at which they realize they've got some kind of serious issue in their marriage, for example. It is not uncommon for people to wait seven to 10 years before they decide to get some help. And so our prayer is that sooner rather than later, people just go ahead and go, no, I, I don't want this thing to continue to spiral downward. Let's get this turned so we're spiraling upward. That's Let's good. connect with God for the answer, because that is just an ultimate trap of the enemy to keep us, as you say, muted, to keep us under the thumb of, of the enemy and the self-condemnation and the thought that I should I guess maybe a clue to people would be as soon as they hear themselves think I should be able to, to deal with this. I should be able to get back. Well, should says who? Yeah. God doesn't say that scripture doesn't say that we need help. We are weak and frail as grass as scripture says. Yeah. And, and there is zero shame in acknowledging that that's a biblical thing to do. And so with us, it's just a matter of a, a free phone call. Just call us up. And have a conversation, which in itself is can be life changing for people because they begin to get the aha that, well, first of all, not only am I, I not exclusively uh, uniquely broken. No, actually, I share this with all mankind. I share this with the entire body of Christ. And the distinguishing factor is. I'm ready to be done with this. I just want out of this pain and I want to connect with God for the answer. Mm, that's so good. And I think we're, we're quick in the United States, especially, and I know this podcast is heard all over the world, but in the United States, we're quick to want to get out of physical pain. You know, with the opioid crisis, we have, we have drugs out the wazoo. You basically, if you don't want to be in pain physically, you almost don't have to be there. You could numb yourself almost completely out. I'm not saying that's healthy. I'm just saying we have that accessible to us in the U S but when it comes to emotional and mental pain, I feel like we're willing to, like you said, kind of put that off long past when we should be handling it and just, and just deal and just living in pain that we don't have to deal with. We shouldn't have to live with. And I was thinking, as you're talking to me, not only is it not biblical, the Bible encourages us. Listen, Paul says, in my weakness, I am strong. So why wouldn't I articulate? I feel weak in this area. I feel 
unsure how to navigate this. I don't know what to do with this level of loss. I don't know how to navigate my frustration with my kids home with me all day long. You know, for our moms that are out there trying to work from home and parent, I mean, it's, it's real stresses. We've seen tremendous stress on marriages and relationships as I'm sure you have as well. What have you seen primarily, Beth, and what do you feel like is lifting up out as, as a couple of key principles that we can apply in this season? Well, I would agree with you that it really is across the board. You know, we have clients in most states in the United States and six or seven different countries, and we have a whole movement of, of transformation churches in Africa emanating from Kenya. So I can say that these things that we're talking about are universal. And so in that, we, we just want to begin to change our mindset to think in terms of when I have what we at Rock House, we call it a loss of peace. The, so and many people will tell us when they first come, they've never really had any peace. So they don't really have a frame of reference. Mm-hmm. But so anything that is upsetting, disruptive, maybe things that we've come to assume are OK, they're really not OK. If we're feeling anxious or depressed, there's something missing in our ability to trust God. So we may think because our head is trusting God to the best we know how to trust God and and we know intellectually that he's trustworthy. But if I'm laying awake at night, unable to sleep, and I'm scrolling through all the unknowns in my mind and I'm revisiting everything I think I did wrong that day or or I'm depressed and discouraged, overwhelmed by circumstances and I've got relational strife going on. Foundationally, those are losses of peace and indications that there's some there's some missing dimension in our ability to trust God and the way that he wants us to be able to trust him. Mm -hmm. And again, he understands totally how that got set up, how he was uh, misrepresented to us by, we we call parents the gods of our youth, Mm -hmm. the people who are are tasked with being ambassadors for God for us in our lives. And, And all of us as parents, of course, have done our very best at being parents, but none of us are God. So we had a few missing pieces along the way and none of us, you know, got an owner's manual when we had children. And so there are gaps in the ways in which we develop foundationally an understanding of God in our very earliest years of life. And those things translate in without us realizing that they're active and present and under the surface in all the way real and how we experience the stress of life. So all of that is encompassed in the process at Rock House, and it just starts with knowing that there is not only is there not something wrong with having a loss of peace, as you said, it's entirely biblical and expected. None of us are Jesus himself. So we all experience difficult seasons, and God has got his arms flung wide open, asking us, please, to run to him. And if we don't know how to do that, we've been doing that in every direction we know. Like, I mean, I had a client once tell me that she had done that she had gone through the one year Bible 10 consecutive years mm-hmm. and for many decades had done every kind of um, prayer thing, journal thing, ministry, th- everything you can do. And she's increasingly anxious and depressed. Well, I hate to say it, but that is incredibly common. And so that's what we want to get at is for that not to be so common, for that to not be okay with people and have them think that that's just the, the life of a believer gutting it out until they go home to the Lord. Hmm. 
that's that's powerful and as a as a pastor as a bible teacher it's it's disheartening to hear that but it's necessary to hear that because if we don't stop normalizing this level of anxiety and depression and lack of peace loss of peace among even believers maybe you're listening you're not a believer and the starting place is a relationship with jesus christ but if we're a believer more so should we be living in this peace that's offered to us but i know beth i i'll speak for myself i don't live in that level of peace every day we we wake up we have our quiet time we get in peace and then an hour later we hear something on the news or it's this or it's that i mean it's not taking much right now for our peace to be siphoned off and yes as you were talking a second ago what i was hearing is we've normalized that we've normalized that the norm is I'm not going to have peace. I'm going to have anxiety. I'm going to have depression. I'm going to have relational strife. I'm going to have all these things. So, oh, well, I guess I just need to learn how to live with it. And we weren't designed to live that way. That's why we're not living with it well. Am I expressing that right? Would you say we're normalizing it? Or would you say we just don't know any other way? That's exactly right. It's become way too acceptable. Mm -hmm. And of just across the body of Christ because of not knowing what to do. And, and, you know, you can hear, you can read books and hear messages that normalize it where, you know, some in trying to connect with an audience, uh, someone in, in a place of ministry may express that they too have all these problems and they live in a place of a lot of suffering and misery. And so what I would normalize that is the right thing is to know that none of us arrive in this life. None of us are fully transformed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all, we're all Romans eight twenty nine. We are to progressively reflect the heart of Christ throughout this life until we get home to Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right. So in that a core value at Rock House Center is ongoing personal heart transformation, because as you say, you can see a headline in the news and feel you had a little dip in how you, you, you know, I was fine a few minutes ago, but I just lost my peace. All right. Rather than let that kind of thing go on for five or 10 years, if we can't get that addressed between us and God personally, then we go down the hall to one of our other counselors and we do a little tune up session and we just go, let's go after this. This thing is bothering me too much. Be saved. And then, act like Jesus. We're just supposed to be able to do it in our own strength, like essentially transform ourselves. Mm. And that was never the message of scripture. We all need foundational, well, Romans 12 too, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So our process at Rock House is really just sort of accelerating that transformation journey, getting people going. We think of it sort of like getting them up on the rails and launching them for a new season in their life that will be their whole new life. And that life will go on for the rest of their life here on earth, bracing our dependence on God. You know, we, we have this thought that, you know, like in life, you get more mature. You, you, you're 16, you get your driver's license and you're 18, you're 21, you're an adult, you do, you vote, whatever. And so you're getting less and less dependent on your parents. Well, that's not true in spiritual maturity, but that is what many in the body of Christ have as a false burden that they're supposed to somehow as they mature have it going on in their own strength and their own ability mm-hmm. as opposed to the truth which is you think about Jesus I mean he was 
listening all the time. I only do what I see the father doing or say what I hear the father saying. So he's connecting all the time because he had fully embraced his dependence on his father every minute of every day. All right. So our goal, of course, is a a similar track is to recognize. And there is a podcast on that, which is embracing dependence on God, which is to recognize that. No, no, it's actually good that I recognize I just slipped. I'm I'm all grouchy and grumbly and miserable and I was fine 30 minutes ago. And so, okay, no stigma to that. I'm just human like everybody else. Hmm. And just start talking to God and go, where did it go, Lord? And connect with him to get your peace back. That's so in, that's so insightful. I've never really thought before about how when we're younger, we think we have to keep growing and then when we're older, we think we shouldn't go to the Lord the way that we should. So that's a really insightful thought. I know that you have the podcast, which is at Rock House Center. You also have a free resource called Eight Day Pathway to Peace, because we've been talking a lot about the loss of peace. So I'd love for you to talk about that, how people can access that, because I'm, I'm sure for many people right now, they're listening and saying, yes, this is me. I, 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 I need to... I want to see the redemption of these areas of my life. I want to see the healing in these areas of my life. So what does this eight day pathway to peace entail and how can they find it? You simply go to rockhousecenter.com and click on, uh, I guess you go to about, and then you click on the store. And so the store resources, it will have the new online courses there. There are three marriage resources. There's a Be Transformed New Life Awaits as an online resource. These are all new as of last week. But as you keep scrolling down, there's two devotionals. One's a 30-day marriage challenge. And then you hit the eight-day pathway to peace. And John created that. I mean, he did a almost 24-7 thing the first weekend of when COVID hit last year creating that to get it published and make it as an always free resource Mm. for our contribution to the suffering that we knew would have to be ahead Mm. because, you know, the writing was on the wall that this was going to be pretty significant in people's lives. And so uh, we want that spread, whether we ever see people anywhere at Rock House as clients, we know that that can have a tremendous impact on the body of Christ. Just go to that free eight-day pathway to peace course in the store at rockhousecenter.com. So you offer these free resources, the eight-day pathway, your podcast, which is at Rock House Center, which is free. I think you said you had over 60 episodes on so many different topics that are. Yes. And that's just under podcast on the same rockhousecenter.com website. You just click on podcast and there's about 60 of those if you scroll them down. And then it's got all kinds of things like fighting over dumb stuff, or why can't they just stop it? You know, things that are about day-to-day problems in life that we experience. Now, you mentioned also that you have clients. So maybe they're listening today and they don't live near you. In addition to like the, the podcast and the free resources, if they don't live locally to you, describe the actual program that you offer. Oh, whether, okay. Whether they come there or it's done, you know, wherever they live. I just like to lo- know a little bit more about the actual program that's offered at Rock House. So thank you. We are in Middle Tennessee and just south of Nashville in Brentwood. So people actually people come from as far away as an hour and a half or two hours. Um, We've been doing remote sessions for 10 years, but there are just some people who want to come in person. So, of course, we're delighted 
to do that. But we have Zoom clients really all over the world. And we have an office in the Pacific Northwest in the very farthest northwest corner of Washington State in Bellingham, Washington. So if they're in that area, they can physically go there as well. And uh, But we, of course, do Zoom sessions to do this mode of transition therapy that you just mentioned earlier. And so what that is, is our proprietary form of biblical counseling. So it is very different from traditional Christian counseling and even different from biblical counseling you may have encountered elsewhere. So um, most Christian counseling, by definition, is Christians doing uh, behavior-oriented secular therapies, because that's what they're trained in doing. That's what all the Christian universities and master's programs train counselors to do. And we are not doing any of that. Everybody signs a consent form that they understand we're not doing any psychology or psychiatry. We don't, don't diagnose. We don't talk about medications. It's totally biblical. We do pray in every session. And it's all about taking kingdom principles and engaging God in such a way to personalize it to each person and understand, just like we talked about earlier, the, the why. why, how in the world, why in the world are they suffering the way they're suffering and how it's totally understandable to us, it's totally legitimate to us and certainly is to God. And then what's his plan for the way out? Mm-hmm. And so this process is a defined duration process that's relatively short compared to what people think counseling will be. It's 32 hours of counseling in 16 two-hour sessions. Mm-hmm. And so typically done weekly or it can be done bi-weekly. And in that, all clients are using resources at home that are tremendously valuable. They're doing the Be Transformed New Life Awaits workbook and companion video series. So they're advancing along and having revelation at home and connection with God at home, come in for two hour sessions. That's that mode of transition therapy is the basis of all of our programs. We also have a parenting program that's structured differently. Uh, All of mode of transition therapy is for individuals for marriage counseling. We actually don't see marriage couples together. We, we find that that tends to put the counselor in a mediating sort of a role Mm -hmm. where you're mediating between two people's pain and nobody's pain gets addressed. So we're helping people with the things that are creating their struggles in marriage that were resident within them before they met their spouse. Mm -hmm. That's where the origins are. And that's where the resolution comes. And the fascinating thing is that in all these years, 15 plus now, We've never had a situation where, where both spouses went through our mode of transition therapy and then wanted to come back together and meet as a couple because they don't have any need. Wow. They've way beyond even having that as a consideration. So we do work with marriages every day, parenting as well, and we have an intensive outpatient program that would be, again, it's, it's based on our mode of transition therapy concepts. Uh, structured in a very different way in terms of how we deliver it for a person, say, that might have just been released from a mental health facility and they need aftercare. Um, It's not for people in crisis. We do not do crisis intervention. We deal with a lot of people who may have had crisis intervention and now they need to pick up on life Mm -hmm. and resolve the root causes of what caused their crisis in the first place. So primary thing is motive transition therapy and it's underneath everything. It's underneath all of our counseling and all of our online resources. I love it. And your book is available as well. I'm sure at rockhousecenter.com. So you're listening today. You have a myriad of resources now at your fingertips. There's the podcast. There's the eight day pathway to peace. 
there is the book, there is the counseling. So Beth, you're providing so many resources that we need. Thank you for lending your voice to the podcast today. I, I know we've just scratched the surface of, of this whole area of emotional and mental health that is so important. It's integral to our spiritual health and to our well-being. And we need it more than ever in this season that we're in. And thank you for helping us to, to live unmuted and to, to go to God with our pain. And he invites us to, he's not shaming us with it. He wants us to come to him. So I'm going to invite you to pray over our listeners in just a moment, but I always love to close by asking my guests who outside of Jesus, when they get to heaven, what character in the Bible would you like to meet and, and maybe why, or is there something you'd like to ask them? You know, I've never until right now, and, and knowing that you tend to ask that at the end of your podcast, it, it precipitated my thinking about it. I've never had an answer to that question. And as soon as I asked the Lord, the answer popped right in, hmm. that it would be the Apostle John. Because I figure once we get there, everything else is gone. You know, we don't need prophecy. We don't need knowledge. We don't need faith or hope. Everything's gone but love. And John had some kind of special connection with Jesus. He was the the disciple that Jesus loved, you know, the self-proclaimed description. And, you know, he was there from the beginning and everything. He was there at the transfiguration. And and then on the island of Patmos, yeah. you know, in a penal colony, he gets this incredible download of the book of Revelation. So I, it just seems to me that he has some kind of special connection or understanding with the love of Jesus that is what it's all about. Yeah. And so I just would like to kind of, connect and draft off him with wherever however he got that seemingly from the very beginning all the way through everything we know about John is a deeper more intimate connection to an understanding of the love of Jesus himself that's so good I used to kind of laugh when I would read the book of John because it would say the disciple Jesus loved or the beloved and then I realized that you're saying he wrote that because he felt that he felt that deeply loved by Jesus. He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus loved him completely. And, you know, we think sometimes faith over fear, we see those t-shirts or whatever, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, the word of God says that perfect love drives out fear and that the love of God, when we're grounded in the love of God, we have a revelation of the love of God, then we, we do have the peace and, and the the uh, resources we need to move out of fear. So I, I, I agree with you about John. I, I moved from kind of snickering when I would read that to coveting almost what he must have felt and experienced to feel that loved and to know that he was that loved. And what, how different would we all live, Beth, if we really owned, not just intellectually, but in every way that we are that deeply loved by our creator. Man. Well, thank you so much for lending your voice today. And I'm excited myself to just dig in more to your website, listen to your podcast. And, um, and thank you for all that you're doing to provide resources to us believers and non-believers to know who we are in Christ and to experience the full freedom of a relationship with him and, and to be who he's designed us to be. And uh, we know that this year has brought so many disruptions, like you said, that have um, expose the things that are there and let's not just stay stuck in those places. Let's 
be determined to move forward and to experience the peace and the wholeness that Christ offers. So thank you again for lending your voice today. And I'd love for you to just pray over our listeners as we close. Absolutely. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you for my sister, Angela, and that um, you have directed her to us as, as a partner in what you are seeking to do, to bring your love and your freedom and your deliverance and your transformation for the body of Christ and to transform the world with kingdom principles. So we thank you for that. And we thank you for this connection today. And, and Lord, I just ask for everyone listening for that deep, um, really revelation level of the truth that you personally are the one Jesus loves he would have died on the cross for you if you were the only one. And what John experienced is what he wants you to experience. He wants you to know the truth of his personal love for you that has no bounds to it, has no limits to it. And, and so, Lord, I just ask that you would bless everything that Angela and her husband set their hands to, that you would bless everyone who hears this today with a deeper yearning for you and your love and a connection with you that they never dreamed possible. And Lord, in all of this, we ask that you and you alone would be glorified and honored as you and you alone deserve. So we thank you for all of this and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Season two is sponsored in part by Worley Dahlberg Yao PLLC. You can learn more about this award-winning law firm at lawfirmvirginia.com. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit AngelaDonatio.com for books, free goodies, and opportunities to feature your ministry or business as a sponsor. Find me on Facebook at AngelaDonatioVOV and Instagram at AngelaDonatio, where we do podcast giveaways each month. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's make life matter.